and welcome to the program. This is Worldviews. I'm Dr. Paul. I'll be with you here for the next 60 minutes, telling you what's on my mind and wanting to hear from you and what's on your mind. We talk about Kwanzaa. What exactly do you get when you take a black racist, a misogynist, a convicted felon, someone who's been implicated in murder, extreme egoism, narcissism, a dash of Marxism, deceit, fraud, and a gullible left-leaning media, and you mix them all together, what do you end up with? You end up with Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is this kind of pseudo-holiday celebration that started back in the mid-60s by a guy by the name of Ronald McKinley Everett. A black racist who went out to California, got involved in all of the aftermath of the Watts riots and the like, and then after he had uh, started this Kwanzaa nonsense, went on to sponsor a, an organization called us, United Slaves. He has never repented of any of this historical background of his, whether it was the torture of some young women that were part of his group who he thought were trying to take him out at the request of the Black Panthers, who he was battling with. He's never repented of that. He served time in prison for it. He's never repented of the murders that he was involved with when some of his henchmen took out some of the Black Panthers back then. And everything has just kind of rolled along ever since this. In fact, he he's kind of uh, cloaked over you know his past by changing his name, got himself a couple of PhDs, and now teaches at... It's not UCLA, it's California California State at Long Beach, that's what it is. And he's teaching black African studies. And perpetuating this Kwanzaa nonsense. It's not a holiday. It's not uh, American, even though he likes to portray that it is. It's African, according to him. And my question has always been, what, what are we doing here in the United States? Because it seems like, as I've mentioned here a second ago, that the left-leaning media just loves this stuff. They want to perpetuate the ruse, as indicated on a recent report on Fox 66 in Detroit. Also in Michigan, African and African-American communities are celebrating the start of Kwanzaa. It's a season of self-reflection that encourages people to learn about their heritage. Fox 66's Ron Hilliard explores some of the teachings. 
Kwanzaa is a celebration of African culture and heritage. Elder Omowali Smith, who helped introduce the tradition of Saginaw in the early 1970s, says it's a season devoted to teaching African descendants about their roots. Kwanzaa and, and all of our cultural efforts is just an attempt to bring our people back into a consciousness of who we are. You know, that mantra has been played out I don't know, in the last uh, few days, because Kwanzaa supposedly, well, it does run from December the 26th until January the 1st. That mantra about, oh, it's this celebration about who we are uh, as it relates to Africa dozens of times. I don't know how many articles I've read. And the strange thing about it if not just simply the sinister part about it, is the left-leaning media, including Fox, who's supposed to, supposed to be fair and balanced and more conservative than, than all the rest, they just go right along with it. They don't tell you about this guy's past or that the whole idea of Kwanzaa is a fraud. It's a ruse. It came from Africa, and it's all about our African roots. There is nothing African about this. Oh, Mr. Malana Karenga, a.k.a. Ronald Everett, wants to borrow a few Swahili terms, and even Kwanzaa itself is a made-up term itself that he had to revamp to fit his philosophy, or Kawaita and the like. But it's all a ruse. There's nothing truthful about anybody. And the media plays up to this. As if it's something that's genuine. My question to you is why are why are the media? Why or I should say, why is the media? As well as so many well-intended black people buying into this nonsense. This has been going on for 50 years, and it just seems to be snowballing. More and more people getting involved in the stupidity of, the, of, of it all. And we'll get into some of the details here shortly. Because you see, Mr. Ronald Everett here, he has never, as I said here a second ago, he has never backed off of his black nationalism, his racism. Oh, he adopted Marxism as opposed to cultural nationalism, as he would call it, because the, the cultural nationalists, well, they hated whites. Well, he has never stopped. He has never stopped. And yet in our country, where so much divisiveness is taking place, this guy has never stopped. He divides communities. He divides blacks. He divides blacks from whites. And then he hides behind all of these seven principles, the first one being unity, saying this is what we need to do to, to adopt so that we can have a an opportunity to remake and reshape and recreate the world of humanity for the good of everybody. Really? Is 
the white man included in this? No. He's not included. In fact, if he could excise the white man from ever living, he would do it. In fact, this whole idea of Kwanzaa here originally was an alternative to Christmas. Because he thought that Christmas and Jesus, God, that was all the white man's concoction. Now today, the people who have bought into this, they will tell you, oh, no, 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 it's not an alternative to Christmas. You know, In fact, if you're a Christian, you can come share in this. I will say, you don't know what you're talking about. Because Christian principles would not fit into what Kwanzaa is all about here. In fact, Kwanzaa is completely antithetical to Christ and Christmas, Christian doctrine. In fact, I'm not a real big on Christmas myself, as I had talked about last week, because it's a ruse. But this is just as bad, because he thinks it's a white thing. In fact, he called God a spook and Christianity spookism back when he started this whole idea of Kwanzaa. But nobody is reporting on that. And you know, when I was doing the research on this for this program, it was, it's nigh und- you know, almost impossible to find anything negative about this because it's been so sanitized, so whitewashed. It's like the guy is as pure as the wind-driven snow that doesn't have a record, doesn't have any kind of black mark against him. You would think that he was the second coming of Jesus himself, and yet the guy is a rank-and-file atheist. The guy hates Christianity because it's a white thing. Questions or comments are welcome. The numbers here, if you would care to dial in, is 605-562-0444. So we talk about Kwanzaa and why are we putting up with the ruse? Mr. Uh, Karenga, in fact, he put out a statement here just a few days before Christmas, and you can find it on his website, talking about the reimagining and remaking of the world, a Kwanzaa commitment to an all-inclusive good. One, one thing that I've always found to be interesting about people like him, who are humanist, atheist types. They always want to talk about morals and ethics and the good, and the, but they have no basis for any of it. Oh, it's in Africa. Now, I've spent a few days in Africa. It's where I went to get my doctorate. Love the people at the campus at Northwest University. But there was so many things that are just obviously wrong 
with Africa, South Africa specifically. And it's because of this communism that is what makes up the government. This is the very thing that this Ronald Everett, this Dr. Molona Karinga, wants to bring here, that he wants to glorify. People, I, there was on the out, outer you know, suburb part of Johannesburg that I remember, that it was just miles of shantytown. People living in shanties. People walking alongside the road because there was no other way to get around. And you saw this in other places of the country. People walking to work for miles and miles and miles. That's communism. In part. That's what happens when you have this. We want to create this collective good. This is, this is just nonsense that has never worked before. And now this black racist, he wants to impose it upon not only the black people, but he wants to impose it upon everybody else. He wants to remake America into a communist state, into a Marxist state. Or things that you never hear about in the media. But he wrote in this article on reimagining and remaking the world about Kwanzaa, something that nobody, I mean, I've read dozens of these articles from the news media, but nobody mentioned any of this. At the very heart and center of the celebration of Kwanzaa is the ethical imperative and social obligation of the cooperative creation and sharing of an inclusive good. That is classic Marxist socialism right there. Explaining what Kwanzaa is. And he doesn't tell. In fact, he capitalizes the word good. As if it's like a deity out there. And with no basis to any of it. Other than this is just the way that it should be. Well, why should it be that way? Well, because it just should be. Well, see, that kind of lack of objectivity will only bring the very thing that communist socialism has brought in the past. The kind of thing that atheism promotes. Because communist socialism is an atheistic system. It brings tyranny. It brings the iron fist for those who get in the way. And this goes back once again to Ronald Everett, a.k.a. Milana Karenga, his, his past. He was an iron-fisted thug. And he still thinks that's going to work. And this is something, once again, the media doesn't talk about. Oh, he's got a Ph.D., and he works in African-American studies at UCLA. Well, hey, whatever he says must be right. Well, take a look at history, ladies and gentlemen. And you tell me, has communist 
socialism worked anywhere ever in in human history? You know, a lot of people don't realize that communism actually has a biblical foundation to it when it's done biblically. But what Karl Marx and Engels and the rest did is they took the biblical concept of communism, found in the book of Acts, and stripped it of its godliness, inserted the human element. The problem, though, when you do that is that you run into this big issue with what the Bible says about the natural man left to himself when he denies or suppresses the truth of God. Pretty soon he's out there doing his own thing. Romans 118-32 speaks of this, and I won't read the whole thing, but it talks about how man who knew God ignored him, suppressed the truth. So they turned around, and it says in verse 22 of Romans chapter 1, they professed to be wise. Instead, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures, and God gave them over to it. They didn't want anything to do with God, so God said, okay, I'm giving you over to the lust of the impurity of your own heart so that your bodies would be dishonored among you. And they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Communism is a lie. Kwanzaa is a lie. And they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Here, Malana Karenga, he wants to worship the self. He wants to worship human beings. Later on, this is going to come out in his seventh principle that he talks about of faith. It's not faith in God. It's not faith in somebody who's able to redeem the human being from his lost condition. No, it's it's in your neighbor. It's in your family. It's in you. You're the Savior. You're the one who controls your destiny. It's a lie. But God gave them over to that. And then it says that God gave these humanists who suppress the truth of God over to degrading, despicable, disgusting passions The women exchanged the natural function for that, which is unnatural. And then you had men that abandoned the natural function of the woman and did the same thing. And they they burned in their desire towards one another. Now, I'm not saying that Mr. Karinga here is a homosexual or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, when you start worshiping the human being, this thing just becomes disgusting in so many different ways. And then he says, you know, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave him over to a depraved mind. And if you start reading through what Karinga has to say, you know, about remaking and re-imaging and all this kind of stuff, the, 
the, the world of humanity. It is depraved. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's self-refuting. But, says, but God says he gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness and wickedness and greed and evil and so on, so on, so on. Murder. As I said here a little bit ago, Mr. Karenga has a murderous background. He's a black thug. Well, God says he gave them over to these things, and this is what they did. They commit murder, strife, deceit, malice. This is classic Kwanzaa from the biblical perspective. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God. What did I just say here a second ago? Mr. Karenga, a.k.a. Ronald McKinley Everett, hates God because, well, that's a, that's a white thing. He's a spook. They're insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And though they know the ordinance of God, and he does, he came from a Baptist background. Karenga did. That those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. If you go on in the next chapter, you have guys like Karenga that fit Romans chapter 2, where you've got the lost man who's judging other men hypocritically. But you see, the media doesn't talk about those things. It's just, it's almost laughable if it wasn't so disgusting and so sad, that the media just allows this type of thing to go on and on and on. And they glorify it as something that it's not. And so they redefine the narrative. Oh, well, uh, you see, this is, this is about our struggle. This is, uh, this is about sharing of an all-inclusive good. And we have moral obligations. But is that to everybody? The answer is no. Ronald Everett here, Dr. Malona Karenga, he's concerned only about the black man. Who he wants to say, well, this is all about our African Harvest our African heritage. It's not African at all. And besides, this guy's not an African. He's an American. He was born in the, in the United States. He moved to the West Coast. He's about as much African as I am. You say, oh, there's African Americans. You know, that nonsense really needs to stop. Unless you are born in Africa and then you come here and, you, and you're still a citizen of Africa, you're an American. I have a Polish background. I'm not a Polish American. I'm an American. 
It's, but you see, guys like Karenga, he wants to divide and then hypocritically say, oh, we need to share in the unity you know, amongst ourselves. He's talking about the black man as opposed to or to be in competition with the white man or the Asian or the Hispanic. And he says, we've got this moral obligation to to fulfill all of these principles and so on and so forth. Nonsense. It's nonsense. It's hypocritical and it's self-refuting. But he likes to play that game, and we don't hear anything about it from the media. Oh, it's just something wonderful. We get to celebrate our African heritage and... and remake the world and and understand who we are. Well, I just got done sharing you with you what God says about who we are in our natural condition, and it's not pretty. I don't care how many faux African pieces of clothing you put on or how much beating on the old tom-tom you do to try to make yourself look like you're, you're, you're something that you're not. It's ugly. And until there is a regeneration that takes place that Malona Karinga here will have no part of, then that person, like I said, I don't care what they wear, what they do, what they say, or these phony baloney principles that he has dreamed up. I don't care how much you put those into practice. It means nothing. Because he goes on and he says, if the African harvest, the Kwanzaa, provides us the important moral message and model of the cooperative planning, cultivation, creation, and sharing of good, the modern black freedom movement provides us with a similar essential message and model of the striving and struggles needed to actually achieve and secure a shared and inclusive good. See, he's, he's concerned about racism. He thinks that depending on what color your skin is, will depend on what kind of a person you are inside. Now, I don't know, I haven't read anywhere, what kind of upbringing that Ronald Everett endured, if it was abusive or whatever, when he was growing up on the East Coast. He may have been scarred by that, I don't know. I know that when this whole Kwanzaa thing took place, I was in kindergarten. So he's got about a, about a 10 or 15 year head start on me here. So I don't know. But I don't think it's relevant. Because, you know, some people, they want to reflect back on their past and they, they're not doing this to renew, you know, a, a spirit of unity amongst the black. What he wants is revenge. And he doesn't care you know, who you are. 
black, white, brown, it doesn't make any difference to him. If he feels like you are getting in the way of his agenda, then you're the enemy and you should be taken out. The modern black freedom movement rooted in Marxist, communist socialism. That's the panacea for all of our problems. No, it's not. It only exacerbates it. And the really bad thing about it also is this guy's a professor at, at Cal State Long Beach, and he is taking young, impressionable minds, and he's feeding them this slop. It's slop. It's anti-Christian slop. Karenga says, It is an historical and ongoing act of freedom in that it is an act of resistance and reaffirmation. Talking about Kwanzaa. Talking about the things that you won't read today, whether you're in Youngstown, Ohio, or Little Rock, Arkansas. In fact, you know, many of the black people who get involved in this, they don't have a clue what this is about. They just hear all these buzzwords, and away they go. Oh, this must be something wonderful. No, it's not. It's abusing you as a black person all over again. Except this time it's a black person doing it to you. It is and was conceived and created in resistance to Eurocentric cultural domination and determination of ways for us to understand and assert and celebrate ourselves and engage the world. Karinga hates the white man. It doesn't matter if it's Jesus Christ or me. It's because of this color of the skin. It's that Eurocentric cultural domination. It's just hideous. I got to have my revenge against that. And so one way I'm going to do this is through resistance. How many times have you heard that in the media? Being part of the resistance movement. Well, here's a part of the resistance movement that is predicated on racism. And I guess my question in that respect is, when has anybody ever really accomplished anything in the name of race? Because of the color of your skin. Since when has righteousness, morality, ethics, when has any of that ever been the determining factor? I mean, since when has the color of a person's skin been that which determined what was ethical, what was right, what was moral? I, 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 it, it's purely ridiculous. Those things are not based on a color of a person's skin. But as Martin Luther King would say and has said, it's based on the person's character. Jesus said 
you know, it's not the things that go in that determine whether a person is right or wrong. It's what comes out of them. That's what corrupts them. That's because what's inside of a person is corrupt, as I've just outlined here a second ago. But, you know, Karenga, he doesn't mention any of that. Only a spook would bring that kind of stuff up. We're worshiping the human being. We've got to have faith in us. Not anything else. You know, the Karinga, he goes on here and he says, uh, he's talking about the black liberation of the 60s. And he mentions a person by the name of France, Fra- France Fanon. And a new history of humankind, a new world, and a new men and women to conceive and construct that world, to reimagine and remake the world uh, in values that represent the best of what it means to be both African and human in the fullest sense. Once again, Karenga, he's not African. He's an American. He's a black American. He's probably never even been to Africa. And yet he wants to take people, what, back in time? You know, he constantly has talked about how the white man has suppressed the black man through the slavery back in the Civil War days. And he seems to think that we own slaves today. You know, this guy doesn't even have a clue what slavery is about because there's so many dimensions to it. From the biblical to the the worst kind. Because the Bible doesn't absolutely discount slaves and slavery. And there's many different kinds within that context. That doesn't mean that there haven't been slave masters that did stupid things and abused human beings in the worst of ways. But what Karinga here, Ronald Everett, seems to forget is that you had Muslims that did the very same thing. You had some blacks doing it. But he wants you to be African. I don't want to be African. Like I said, I've been there. I love the countryside. The people that I met that I was there enjoyed their company. I think they enjoyed mine as well. But there is no way that I would want a communist government to be ruling over me because you've got problems like apartheid that have taken place there. You've got people living in poverty and apparently no care for them. You've got black individuals killing white farmers and taking their property just at whim, just because they thought that they wanted it. You've, one of the things that I saw there that really took me aback a little bit was the amount of barbed wire and electric fence that was everywhere. And Karenga wants to bring that here. He wants that to be 
you know, that kind of African to, to, to be here? I don't think so. I don't think Karenga would want to live under those conditions. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting. He's, he's such, such an anti-capitalist. But he wants to live under African rule as he peddles his wares online and makes a mint at doing it. He still gets paid probably pretty good at UCLA. I don't think he's working on a redistribution of wealth type of program where whatever he might need, he kind of gets it from his neighbor or from the school or whatever. He probably makes a good chunk of change. He kind of wants the best of both worlds and then wants to to reimagine or recreate, remake the world in the image of Africa? Amongst the Zulus? And to remake himself to be the the fullest human that he can be, my question always has been there. Well, if you're not fully human now, what are you, an alien? From Alpha Centauri or something? See, this is the kind of gibberish you get from this guy. He says, of this first principle, I've been talking about unity here, as we're talking about the overall concept of the kookiness, really, of, of Kwanzaa. The principle, he's got see, seven principles that he has spoken more than once about their being imperative. They must be followed if we're going to remake and reshape the world. We imagine it. The principle of unity. Emoja. How many times did you hear people in the media, if you were paying attention, talk about this? Calls for a cultivated sense of relatedness and mutual respect, of togetherness in the work and struggle for a shared and inclusive good in our families, communities, society, and the world, and for a sense of oneness and responsibility for each other's good and the well-being of the world. He's not talking about the white man. He's not talking about the Hispanic He's not talking about the Asian. He's talking about unity within the black community. Exclusive of everybody else. They don't count. Only the black person. Because he says, you know, in his quotable Karenga, that everybody, I mean, when it comes to the black person, he wants to think black act black, buy black, talk black, on and on and on. It's about being black. As if black was, like I said, the pigment of a person's skin is what helps to formulate your words and your thoughts and the like. This guy is just ridiculous in that sense. He ought to be, in my opinion, Fired from UCL or from uh, Cal State Long Beach. There's no way in the world this this kind of if 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 there was a white racist who did this kind of stuff on any campus in our in our uh, PC society, 
If any, anybody who was right, a white racist and did this kind of stuff, wrote this kind of stuff, they would be fired in an instant. But not this guy. This guy's venerated. At least there. He talks about cooperative economics. This comes about, I think, on the third day, which would probably be today. Uh, cooperative economics is the principle of shared work and wealth. Distributive equity and justice. The right of life, a dignity and well-being, and the responsibility to care for the earth. It's this whole idea of shared work and wealth and distributive equity. This is his Marxism at work right here. And he's talked about, you know... uh, reparations. And I'm not so sure in in a certain respect that those who have suffered from the slave days (laughs) 150 years ago should not have maybe received some kind of reparation for what took place. Because it was wrong. But what this guy is asking for is much, more, much, much more than that. Because we're looking at 150, 60 years beyond those days. And this guy, once again, it's not about reparations. It's about revenge. There are three levels of responsibility here. Perpetrator, mm-hmm, collaborator, and beneficiary. So even if you didn't perpetuate it, if you collaborated, if any of your people collaborated, you bear some responsibility. And finally, they're beneficiary. White people benefited from the enslaved labor that we are provided for this country. Uh, what this idiot, you know, seems to leave out of the discussion, though, is that the black man has benefited from it, too. But we don't get into that. And this guy says, you know, it's just not about money. It's about free education and uh, land and the whole nine yards. But the problem with his fix or his solution to past slavery gone wrong is that he just wants to lump everybody together. I don't even think my ancestors were even here. In 1865. But he wants to slap me with reparations to somebody who they may not have been here in 1865. He just wants a collective swipe here. And he wants this distributive equity here, this Marxist principle to be the ruling factor. Not only does he want your reparations, he wants, well, you Well, this capitalistic idea, no, we don't want that either. We need to take care of one another. But he's, once again, he's not talking about white people, Asians, or the Hispanics. He's only talking about black people. He says, the principle and practice of Neo, the the concept of purpose in these principles here, is to... uh, is to call for a commitment from us to strive, work, and struggle to restore African peoples to their good and rightful place in the world. 
Well, once again, if you are born in the United States, you are an American. You're not an African anymore. Or you never were an African to begin with. You may have a black skin, just like I've got white skin. But I'm an American. You know, for all of these bleeding heart liberals who like to say, you know, we're all about diversity, so they sure like to divide people up into their nationalities and the like and say, well, see, you're, once again, you're a African-American and you're Hispanic-American and you're a Canadian-American and you're a Polish-American. And no, that's not unity. That's division. That's what keeps people apart. This whole idea of African-American needs to be dropped. If you were born in the United States, you're an American, period. He says to restore you to your rightful place and, and, and on African principles. What, would you want to send you back home? You want to go back to Africa? Well, go. You see, the thing is we live in a completely different day than this delusional world that's floating around in the head of Dr. Karinga, Dr. Everett. If you want to leave and go back to Africa, then go. But if you want to live in the United States, we have a constitution. Live by it. Assimilate into it. It's been a pretty good working code for the past 200 and almost 50 years. We don't need to be remaking it, reshaping it, revising it, rejecting it, resisting it, and all this stuff that Karenga and people like him espouse. If you're white and you want to go to Africa, go. If you want to go live in a socialist country, of your choosing. Pack your bags and leave. Nobody in the United States is going to stop you. Nobody is going to miss you. Don't send us a postcard wishing you were here as I live behind the iron wall. Just enjoy your life. But don't be saying, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to establish this revolution like Karinga and this black nationalist nonsense that he wants to perpetrate on people so that you can regather your identity and then we can build a culture inside the culture so that we can undermine the former. That's not American. That's being a subversive. That is being treasonous. We don't need that. That's not going to bring unity. That's going to bring division. And then you think you had problems back in the days of Watts. You just wait and see what you'll have in the future. But you see, what I think what the Karinga type have done and are doing is they found out, you know, a lot of that radicalism that they engaged in back then where women were tortured and and black people within his own community were murdered in his own hands. It's found yeah, that doesn't work quite as well as we just kind of cloak ourselves in a in a robe of righteousness and act like angels of light when we're actually minions of the devil. You see, if we kind of cloak ourselves in righteousness, 
And uh, one thing I found that was just ab- absolutely blew me away is this rank atheist here, this black nationalist radical who hates God. He's actually a member of the clergy. Goes around uh, lauding the likes of Louis Farrakhan and Malcolm X. Both of whom hate the United States, too. Now, we don't need those kind subverting the country. And if you don't like it, Mr. Karenga, pack your bags. And if you think Africa's so wonderful, go. I'm sure they'll receive you with open arms. You certainly will have the money to go. You won't have the money when you get there. The income won't be nearly as good. But if you come back, don't bring your communist socialist nonsense with you. Leave it there. Finally, Karenga here, he talks about faith. And to me, this is, this is almost as bad... <clears throat> excuse me, as what you would hear in some Christian circles. When we talk about faith, like he does, but there is no object to it. It's purely subjective. It's just fluffiness. And as I've said before, ultimately it lands in the lap of the person who says, oh, I'm having faith. And you ask him, in what? And you say, me. I'm having faith in me. Oh, well, that's just... just Super. Why should you have faith in you? Who died and left you to be God? What's so objective about you? You're going to die one day. Well, you see, uh, I'm nigh unto perfect. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to say that. Not even this clown. This Ronald Everett here. But he says, faith calls on us to believe in ourselves. There's the humanism. Now, that doesn't mean that, once again, I don't have confidence in the gifts that God has given me to accomplish His will, not mine. But that's not what Karinga is saying here. He's saying, you know, we've got a faith in ourselves, in our people, in the righteousness and victory of our struggle, our jihad, if you will, being he he loves the, the... Muslim lingo, in the inclusive good we seek and our capacity to achieve it, share it, and leave a rightful and righteous portion of it for those who come afterward. It's faith in you. But the problem is, once again, it's purely subjective. What if the person next to you, like back in the 1960s when a couple of Black Panthers were shot and murdered by a couple of Karinga's henchmen, what if you have a difference? They say, you know what, I'm having faith in me and my ideals about truth and righteousness and values and morality are completely at odds with yours. And you're a black person. 
Who's going to win that battle? Who's right then? Well, in, in, in that particular instance, well, the persons who oppose Karinga, they're dead. They were shot and murdered. And Karinga ends up serving, not because of that, but because of his torture of these two black women, he ends up serving four or five years in prison because of it, all of which has now been kind of swept under the rug. But the point is, he had faith in what he believed, they had faith in what they believed, and they collided. Who decides what's right and wrong then? It boils down to who's got the biggest gun. And in that instance, it was him. But what if it would have been the two Black Panthers that would have had the quicker draw with a bigger gun? And what if one of them took out Karinga? Would he have been okay with that? Is that the kind of faith to believe in ourselves? They thought it was. This is why it's so self-refuting. There's no object that transcends the person who says, I have faith. In fact, as I've said, you know, when it comes to Christians and Christianity, oftentimes you hear them talk about you just got to have faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in faith. That's ridiculous. God doesn't call us to have faith in faith. Doesn't say tell us to have trust in trust, because that's what faith is, is trust. We doesn't say have, have belief in belief. It's vacuous. There must be an object that is different from us, that is over and above us, that establishes the universal truth of why we are to have faith in it in the first place. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. You just roll the dice. You don't have to write up all this gibberish that Karinga talks about in the context of Kawanza. Because it just doesn't make any sense. In fact, none of what he says here makes any sense. It's not that, once again, we shouldn't have faith, but there's got to be something beyond it to make it what it is. Having faith in Karinga, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have faith in him. I wouldn't believe a word he had to say. And that's why I said, you know, it's, it's just absolutely amazes me that the news media kowtows to this guy. Oh, well, hey, this group over here, they're having a Friday night Kwanzaa get-together. Well, what would he do? Do you even know what Kwanzaa is? Oh, well, it's all of these seven principles, and, you know, we're going to make the world a better place. No, we're not. Because you don't understand what's behind it. You don't understand the person who's behind it. You don't understand the fact that the whole thing was predicated on a fraud. Or do you care that it was predicated on a fraud? Do you even care that he misrepresents the African people, the real African people that are there today? Do you care that he is 
taken another swipe at the black man. He's abusing the black man and the black woman here in America, again, perpetuating this Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff, making fools out of them. And some of them dying because of it. Is that okay? Why, of course not. Then why are you letting this liar get away with what he's getting away with? Because that's what he's doing. But he, because he's black. I don't care if he's pink or yellow or white. It doesn't make any difference. The guy has lost his mind. He's perpetuating a philosophy that is self-refuting. What he calls Kwanzaa is not a celebration of freedom. It's putting the black man back in the very slavery that he says he's trying to release him from. And he's using this communist, socialist, black racist agenda to do it. You see, this fool here doesn't know that he is in bondage. In, in the very bondage of the sin that has caused him to call God a spook and Jesus is nothing more than a psychotic. And you want to prop him up? And just keep writing all of this wonder stuff about him? You know, you people in the media? Really? If, if that's so, then how is it that you're not putting the black man in bondage? Because you're not telling the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Well, the truth is about Jesus, the very person that I said here a second ago, the Karenga says is psychotic. He hates God. He hates Jesus. He hates Christianity. And yet those are the things that set a person free. Karenga doesn't want any of that. He wants to subject the black man to more of the same bondage that he has endured in the past. If that's the case, then I just have to, I just have to ask, what is the rationale of celebrating that? Why do it for seven days? What is the point? What is it going to accomplish? Kwanzaa is a kooky celebration. It's not about freedom. It's about bondage. It's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. It's a ruse. And people need to start talking about it in that context. They need to take Ronald Everett, a.k.a. Malana Karinga, and read what he has written in the context of the black racism that he is perpetrating. If you have any questions about tonight's program, I'd love to hear from you. Dr. Paul, D-R-P-A-U-L, at capro.info is my address. I'd love to hear from you. Until next week, 
Take care. God bless you.